It's the big one. The Sky Half Price Sale is here. Choose from award-winning Sky TV and everything on Netflix or unmissable sports with every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports all half price. Take Sky Cinema and watch the biggest blockbusters or grab Sky Broadband Ultrafast for lightning fast speeds. Choose one that suits you. They're all half price for six months. Save big in the Sky Half Price Sale. Search Sky Half Price. Availability subject to location, TV and broadband products sold separately. For more info, see sky.ie forward slash speeds. Setup fees, min terms and further terms apply. Offer ends 2nd of September. If you saw a wrong done in another, would you stand up for them? Would you be willing to take the hit for someone else? What if you really didn't have to? If you could stay in your own comfortable life and not have to concern yourself with the plight of others, would you leave them suffer on? Or would you be too compelled to act? It's the life of a Belfast woman which answers these questions for us. This is her story. In the city of Belfast, in 1770, a child was born. Her name was Mary Ann McCracken. Mary was born into a life of wealth. Her father was Captain John McCracken, a Presbyterian whose Scottish ancestors had settled on the island. He himself was a successful ship owner. Her mother, Anne, too came from wealth. She was the daughter of French Huguenots who had made their money in the linen trade and founded the Belfast Newsletter. Often in these times, the wealth of families would stifle the development of the children born into it. Sons would be given just enough education to understand they were better stocked than the poor, and just enough to pronounce the words which would allow for the cloaking of simplicity and thought. The daughters were often designed to be pretty little things, who would marry into wealth and were not valued as having their own stock and intelligence. This was not the expectations Mary's parents had for her or her siblings. They were far more liberal and far-sighted than their peers. They wished for their children to have their own agency, to have the ability to think for themselves and understand the issues of the world rather than contribute to them. They decided to send Mary to David Mason's progressive co-educational school where the young ladies destined to be seen not heard instead received the same education of the boys, an education which educated rather than prepared. It was in this school that Mary excelled at mathematics. When she finished her schooling, Mary set up and ran a very successful Muslim business in Belfast. She ran the business with her sister, and they also opened a second store in Dublin, which too was a success. Not interested in wealth, the profits of the business were often shared with the poor of the cities. It was through the business that two strong flames began to burn in Mary's soul. The first being a tremendous sympathy for those not born into wealth, and the second being a tremendous sense of feminism, having seen the views the businessmen in both cities had towards her and her sister for not being the pretty little things they desired. 
When Mary was still young, her brother and fellow philanthropist, Henry, too had been put in a path which sought to liberate the poor. Having seen himself, the plight of the Catholic community in Ireland, and understanding that they were bound to be poor forever, given the oppressive state of the British rule pressing them into the earth, Henry became one of the founders of the United Irishmen. Joining forces with the likes of Wolf Tone, Henry led an army of Catholic and Protestant Irish men and women, fighting together to liberate the Irish against the unfair rule of Britain. Together, side by side, the people formed a very rare movement, where people on opposite sides of religion fought together for each other. They saw their respective religions as spiritual rights rather than labels to divide. Unfortunately, their rebellion was ultimately a failure, and Ireland's last chance to rise together as one for Ireland for each other had failed. The rebellion's failure led to a set of rules that came into effect to condemn Catholic Ireland, rules that would lead to the deaths of millions during the Catholic genocide of the 1840s. Henry, being on the losing but righteous side of the war, was too to suffer the fate of great Irish patriots, the martyrs and the vision of Irish freedom. His army was defeated in the Battle of Antrim in 1798. As the blood of the helpless flowed on the battlefield, Henry and some others ran for sanctuary in the hills of South Antrim. Mary brought them food and clothes and arranged for their safe passage to America for refuge. As they travelled to the ships, they were recognised and arrested. Henry was hanged in the middle of Belfast for his duty to Ireland. The land in which he was hung was originally gifted to the city by his and Mary's grandfather. After his death, Mary took his illegitimate daughter under her care, much to the disgust of the wider wealthy circles. His death also refuelled her desire to look after those who needed it most. In Belfast, she became a voice for the voiceless. She fought tirelessly for the disenfranchised and the impoverished people of her city. She campaigned against the imprisonment of the poor for trying to survive. She campaigned for the social reform against the rule over the Catholics in Ireland. She campaigned for the welfare of children banished into the poorhouses and orphanages of Ireland. She set up a series of what she would call nurseries to ensure the orphans of Ireland received formal education, again much to the disgust of her wealthy peers. During times of financial hardship, when many companies were dismissing their staff to cut costs, Mary and her sister retained all their employees, taking the financial burden upon themselves. And as Mary once put it, she could not think of dismissing her workers because nobody would give them employment. It was whilst Mary was helping the children of the workhouses in Belfast that she came across sugar. A strange, sweet substance which had come from lands far away. Out of curiosity, she began to ask questions about it. She was told it came from the Americas. Thinking nothing more of it, she happened to mention it to her peers in the upper classes. 
They explained to her how it was a massive industry in America that they were all investing in. They explained the profits were high and costs were very minimal as its production was due to the slave trade in America. Mary was horrified that humans could not only be priced but could also be bought and sold. She was outraged. She went back to the Docklands to see for herself the sales of fellow humans in her city. They were placed in cages and viewed as though they were cattle in a mart, although the cattle would have had better conditions. One by one, Mary watched as another free man or woman of Africa was sold into the property of the wealthy. Mary went and set up the Abolitionary Committee in Belfast, a stand against slavery. She was one of the few people in the world at the time who took the fight to those in power. Mary dedicated the remainder of her life fighting slavery. She organised the boycotting of goods brought from the Americas. She organised protests in the Belfast Stocklands against those trading humans. She wrote letters to world leaders condemning them for their actions. At the age of 88, Mary was weary from her fight. Her biggest disappointment came as she realised she was one of the few fighters left to keep the fight going. More and more wealth poured into the city from the oppression of others far away. She realised the mentality she and her brother shared was dead in the city. She wrote herself of the disappointment. Belfast, once so celebrated for its love of liberty, is now so sunk in the love of filth that there are but 16 or 17 female anti-slavery advocates and not one man, though several Quakers. And none to distribute papers to American immigrants but an old woman. Mary could still be seen at the age of 89 on the Docklands fighting for the rights of others, distributing leaflets explaining the plight of the stolen African. Mary's fight came to an end at age 96 and she joined Henry above the clouds with the many other martyrs fighting for what was right. As a result of her annoyance, she had caused for the wealthy in the city, her grave went unmarked for 43 years. This was until her brother's body was found and placed beside her and a headstone was finally erected. Mary died in vain as her fight for the freedom of others was not achieved in her lifetime. But it is to be remembered that this Belfast woman lit the match which lit the fuse. Today's music was written, performed and produced by Rhino Halloran. The story was researched and scripted by myself, Oren. If you enjoyed this story and want to help support this podcast, you can buy us a coffee at www.buymeacoffee.com slash we the Irish.
Ornus and him dumb. Gurt Magwood. Slow